Hi there, and welcome to episode 157 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. I'm James Brown, the man who once blew the doors off due to his gastrointestinal issues. And I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Alex Connor, the man who only poos when he's in the woods, largely to mark certain spots. And the woman who says trumpets every time she steps on a frog, Mrs. ADHD. Alex, hi. Good, guten Tag, everybody. Guten, guten Tag. That's my favourite so far. Love that If one. the aim is to annoy me, though, it didn't. I liked oh, it. Because it so, actually works. Yeah, it does. It does work. Yes. Um, I saw your face during the high muff Barbie girl one last week. That did annoy you. I could tell. A lot. Yeah. I can tell that stepping on a frog um, upset Sam in some way because the look of confusion on her face. I never step on a frog. I know it's a euphemism and I know you don't understand oh. why you wouldn't just describe something as having a fart for example like you wouldn't understand why you would call it and doing a fart having a fart i don't know best start ever (laughs) guten tag everybody yes yes sam how we no hi why would you call it stepping on a frog it's named because the noise is just a name. It's just it used to be in Viz. It was it's a euphemism for farting. Quack. Oh. Yeah, you know, what's a creaky floorboard there? Anything that people say to make light of yeah. the fact that they've just farted, whereas you shout, Oh, trumpets when you yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know how, how I am. How are you? Oh god, no. Um <laughs> Alex. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm excellent. Thank you both. Thank you for asking. The jingles, in turn, tells me we either have got one or haven't. It's not clear. <laughs> we might never have one. We, we, listen, it might have just played. It may have just played because that's how close we were when if this you turned was recorded. into a different person. However, the numbers, in turn, tells me that James needs a hobby that isn't podcast metrics. It's the worst hobby in the world. Uh, the 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 numbers intern goes on to tell me that biting necks isn't really a hobby, James. Have you tried golf? Um, One yeah, of whom as... sent us a letter. <laughs> as long as I can bite a neck in between holes. Uh, no. <laughs> One no. of whom. <laughs> <laughs> it's from. I just actually don't know who it's from. I'll just check. <sighs> it's from Robert from Kidderminster, James. It wow. says. Listen to your boring podcast on neuroplasticity, as well as being baffled by the big words. I noticed that ADHD is a developmental delay of three to five years. Then how come James wasn't fully developed until he was 49? Is it because he's special? <laughs> yes, it is. No, yes, it is, Robert, in a word. I've, I've had a real letter. No. Can I read it out, James? No. Yes, please. It says, What's up? Just a fun don't, hello for James there. Don't enable him, people, please. <laughs> I just wanted to get in touch to say thanks for doing what you're doing. I tried a few ADHD podcasts before yours, and none of them felt like they truly understood their target audience. We have an audience? They're all so boring and monotonous that as soon as I pressed play, I wanted to claw my ears off and immediately lost concentration. Since my wife so bravely brought up the possibility of ADHD to me, I felt like my entire identity has shifted into focus, ironic, for the first time. 29 years of self-loathing, disappointment, thinking myself stupid and feeling like an outsider is starting to slip away and taking its place in understanding, stronger relationships and self-love, but not the kind you're thinking. It's a weird <laughs> I'll always the kind. Come on. I'll always be grateful for that. You truly have changed my life for the better in basically every way. 
Jack, yes, you can use my name. That is an amazing letter. Yeah, it's a silly joke. Thank you, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Wait till you bet. Get, have you, do you think he's got to the bits where Sam's in them? <laughs> Pretty much all of them. <laughs> As usual, Arquin, the metrics intern, stopped uh, his game of tennis at the club with Samstad to give me some information about another city we have listeners in. I like that we still do this. The lovely Bristol in the UK, where around 1% of our listeners are. Tarquin's research found out that the Ashton Court Estate in Bristol is home to the world's only colony of fluorescent deer that glow in the dark. It's a result of an experiment to create the ultimate disco wildlife park in 1976, I'm sure you know. <laughs> they also had techno rabbits, but they kept getting eaten. Thanks, techno thanks, rabbits! <laughs> that, that was a good addition. They <laughs> I can see annoyed. That's annoyed. But haven't they... Haven't they um, made glow-in-the-dark things yeah, yeah that's one of my that's one of my true, jobs as a scientist it? was to do that yeah we used to use a gene from a jellyfish protein and put it into human genes human brain genes and follow them around so that's how i made my name i don't know I might be dead. by making animals glow in the dark yeah human cells oh, actually. cells yeah oh just cells not animals mm. the yeah, other sign other scientists not Better. us have made yeah have made glow-in-the-dark mice rodents etc right. um, Rab yes. rabbits that sort of yes thing. exactly okay. this has gone on far too long anyway <laughs> as usual this hotel where they've only given you one toilet roll and it's set up so the sheets peel off from the back just annoying of a podcast is tragedy in three parts which was the theme last time around was about ADHD and neuroplasticity. And this week we're going to be talking about ADHD and the gut. Three parts include the Sheila birth of evidence, Alex the psycho education monkey. Hello. Talking about the theme. In part two, we give our personal reflections and hefty tips on gut health, and then we'll answer the questions which have been sent in in the final section, imagine to be called your questions or something. I don't know. Um, thanks to Kiara and others for suggesting the topic or something like it. So, Alex, spending time with you gives me the shits. Tell us about gut health in ADHD. We definitely need a rude name for the just the questions, just your questions bit. So that's what the feedback I want. Mm. GI, James, gastrointestinal system. I know you don't know anything about it, so I'll try and use really simple words. People do know that you're Professor Brown of like metabolism <laughs> science, don't they? Really, they do know this when I do it. Right. Also known, James, as the digestive system or mm. eaty eaty num nums to you is basically a, it's a tube that goes from your mouth to the other end. Mm. It includes organs responsible for chewing up, digesting, and absorbing nutrients, food into your blood and therefore goes to the rest of your body and excretion of waste products from the body who poos james are you still with me i don't that though alex as uh, dracula's famously don't um is he famous waste products it's just one of them questions well, that, it, I, I, it wasn't in twilight is all i'm saying it's one of the things we chat about at the, the um, gentleman dracula's club so it's famous to us ah. In Twilight, St Stephen's having a most handsome of shits. I, I don't remember that. Not only I haven't read it. Not only does the gut allow us to extract nutrients from our food, it's vital for the immune system. Barrier against a physical barrier against pathogens and a chemical one as well. So we get food. The stomach's there to stop bacteria getting in. That's what most of the acids for. 
hosts a really complex community of beneficial, tiny little microorganisms. That's called the, the gut microbiota. I love that name. So all these little tiny bugs involved in loads of functions that we need for human health, digestion, producing vitamins, protecting us against pathogens. The gut even has its own nervous system. I've got a joke incoming. I haven't checked that, James, but it's my gut feeling. Sorry, sorry, just to clarify, is, is that the joke? Yeah. The gut has its own nervous system, separate from, but connected to and influenced by the brain. So when you get stressed and nervous, you might become bloated, you might have stomach issues or shit like a goose when you're on laxatives. <laughs> How common are issues with the gut in general then? Oh, I've been on a course. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic question. Sam is always James, not that hard. Yeah, well, me wrote all of this. <laughs> <laughs> you can't let it go, can you? You just can't. Pretty much everybody has pain or discomfort in their gut occasionally. It could be that you ate something that you didn't agree with or didn't agree with you, or you drained the blood from someone with gout, James, or you could have had an infection that made you really sick for a few days. But if it's long-lasting, and we call that chronic, of course, pain, gut symptoms are chronic, so weeks or longer, something more serious might be wrong. Go and see your doctor. Digestive symptom diseases, disordered, are really, really common. In the UK, it seems to be about 10% or more of a GP's working life can be spent dealing with patients with digestive disorders. Remember, 60% is golf, so it's not that high. <laughs> that is a lie because I've got GP friends to just tease I mean, them. Yeah, my GP spends more than 10% of the time just on me, I think, regardless of the issue. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> You've got a frequent flyers card, haven't you, yours? Hmm. Right, <laughs> ableism. The problem is so big, ding, ding, that a report commissioned by the British Gastroenterological Society, the BGS, found that if you include the liver, which is kind of separate but integrated part of the gut, GI and liver disease as a whole is the third most common cause of death the leading cause of cancer death and the most common reason for being admitted to hospital and what are those issues well i think you know it's coming it's a boring list claps on are you ready ibs irritable bowel syndrome gallstones diverticular disease inflammatory bowel disease celiac disease pancreatitis both acute and a chronic esophageal reflux disease uh, and many many others Right, so so far so boring. Now you you mentioned earlier on the the gut microbiome, and more and more people are getting aware of gut bacteria and gut microbiome. So, give us something that's interesting, maybe on that. I'm glad you asked, James. Finally, um, mm. a lot of research into the gut microbiome is correlative. Sorry, embarrassing, James. I know we have a two silly ball limit <laughs> on words for you. So. What that means is correlative means looking at two things and seeing if there's a link using statistical it's difficult approaches. I'll explain to you afterwards. Yeah. Professor of I can't yeah. sometimes I worry about doing these jokes in case you kill me with a hammer or teeth. <laughs> what it means is factor A doesn't always cause condition B. It might just look like it. This is most people who think they're allergic to bread aren't. Some are but it's quite rare. It's probably something else. And so it's correlative. People who eat bread, they connect it. 
it's a huge issue. Thing. The gut microbiome, this is the complex community of bacteria and viruses and fungi and other microscopic living things, is probably, very probably, fundamental to many of the body's processes, the digestion, the immune function, even the health of our brain itself. If you disrupt that gut microbiome, it can be linked to loads of bad things, inflammatory bowel disease, obesity, diabetes, even psychiatric disorders. So it's almost certainly significant for maintaining overall health. Interestingly, within the confines of science, the communication between your gut microbiome and the brain, that's the gut-brain axis, is another really growing area of interest, with studies suggesting that the microbiome can affect your mood, your mental health, and even your behaviour. And on that note, we're at the point. So, ADHD us. Oh, calm down, Bab. I, I wanted to get ahead of you. I forgot. Right, James, <laughs> thank you for asking for once. To put things into perspective, so far, it's a small relative risk of having gut issues if you've got ADHD. It's about 50% increased risk uh, compared to non-ADHD people. So, if you've got 100 people, it's three out of every 100 with ADHD would have got problems compared to two in the normal population. So it's relatively small increase. Mm. Sometimes seeing a figure like 50% increase can be confusing, but it's just three instead of two. Scientists are usually pretty bad at explaining what relative risk means compared to absolute risk. A recent study, and they looked at tens of thousands of people comparing non-ADHD adults with ADHD adults. People with ADHD had more indigestion called dyspepsia, they had more constipation, long-term chronic constipation, not being able to poop, and IBS. But they didn't have more inflammatory bowel, celiac, celiac disease. ADHD adults had more frequent doctor visits for gastrointestinal symptoms, and they had more referrals to GI specialists because they had more episodes of recurrent GI symptoms. Different study reported that constipation, chronic constipation, extremely common problem, 15% of all adults uh, reporting symptoms of chronic constipation, um, around 20% in children. But this may or may not be different to the general population because the various figures are between 2 and 20%. It's so variable because it depends on what you measure. It's really hard to say what is and what isn't Ding. A, a problem. Yeah. So there are likely oh. other issues, but lack of good reasons. So are you out there, Sam? Did you are you are you panicking? Sorry, I thought you went you early. So long, I thought, oh, he wants me to speak now. I never want you to speak. There are likely other issues, but the lack of good research makes it hard ding, ding. to make clear conclusions. And what about uh, the microbiome in ADHD? <laughs> what a fantastic question. Microbiome in ADHD gets a little bit interesting for once. Emerging evidence. There is, that's all we've got at the moment, but there are possibly differences in the gut flora and fauna, the microbiomes of people with and without ADHD. One study found that bifidobacterium, that's one of the, the types, the genesis of bacteria, was significantly increased in the ADHD sample. What the wow factor is of that is that that's a bacterial species linked to an enzyme called cyclohexadienyl dehydratase, which is tripping off the tongue. And that's involved in phenylalanine making. And that is a precursor of our old friend dopamine. We do not know if that links to the amount of dopamine mm. in the brain. People make those links all the time. 
on the internet to sell you shit. Be careful, it's just links. Another admittedly very small study required reported a, a significantly lower uh, concentration of the brilliantly named Fecalyle bacterium from the family uh, Ruminococci, James. I think you know these things. And that was in ADHD children. A negative association between the abundance of poo bacteria, fecal bacterium, and the reports from the parents of their ADHD symptoms. So, mo poo bacteria, low levels of that, mo symptoms of ADHD. So, it might be that that poo bacterium is protecting us from ADHD symptoms, or it's just in some way linked. Finally, thank Christ, other studies have reported differences in the ADHD of uh, Basidiomycota and Candida. These are uh, fungus species compared to the people without ADHD. Actually, are they? They are, aren't they, James? Have I got that right? Yeah. They're fungus. Yeah. Sorry. But no one disproves anything. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I forget really basic things, mm. really, really basic science stuff that I should know. But should's not helpful, is it? It's just a, a self-loathing stigma to hit ourselves with none of this proves anything causally at all but it does suggest that there might be possibility of future research especially because they might include poo transplants the most hilarious of all medical (laughs) things to see if changing the microbiome has any functional effects nice one i think there's a lot in there there's more than last week for us to personally reflect on and provide a tip um which we'll do in part two see you in a bit Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Alex, hi. Hi. What's up? Hello, Governor. Welcome back to episode 157 of the ADHD Adults Podcast, where we are talking about ADHD and the gut. This is our personal reflections, Jim. Go. I think oh, there's a lot. Perfect. There's a lot to be said. Normally, yeah. normally, obviously, we give Mrs. ADHD shit for doing the intro bad, but uh, yeah. whoever wrote this script, that will <laughs> remain unnamed, hadn't changed this part of the script. So it says one five six ADHD and neuroplasticity can an yeah. ADHD brain. I actually think you handled that well. I've got a yeah. capo. You. I Madame. was thinking, have I got the wrong script up? What I don't know. Anyway, um, did you say good? Good. Good. Uh, was it me first? Was it Sam? Was it me? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so not normally, I don't get. I, I've for, for years, um, I would kind of say that I've got you know the stomach of an ox. I wouldn't get gastrointestinal bugs when other people did. Very rarely ever got food poisoning. I remember one story where my whole family had gone down with the shits, and I hadn't. And I like was you know really. Over, overdoing the well you know it's not going to get me thing and then took my mum to see liverpool and on the way back i had to stop at the services and very nearly shat myself explosively before i got to the toilet a little bit of emboldened um, um 
uh, rubbish there from me. But normally, the, the, for, certainly for constipation or for the regularity of bowel movements, the rule of three, so that's anywhere from three times a day to every three days. I'm normally within that. Normally, it's more like three or four times a day. Um, when I was younger, and I can remember this, so probably in my 20s, I did have irritable bowel syndrome. And at the time, um, I remember being given uh, Boscopan, Buscopan, which you can buy over the counter now um, to help and try and peppermint. And eventually it kind of went. But it was a, it's a horrible thing to have. I mean, it's just a, a nasty, irritating, annoying, painful issue to have. And obviously later on learning about the, the, the gut brain and how the, the brain interacts with the gastrointestinal system and how stress and let's face it, remember that ADHD symptoms are very sim similar to the symptoms of stress. They almost cross over a lot of the time. It kind of makes sense that I had that at the time, I guess. The only thing I think is worth talking about, because obviously I don't have that many gastrointestinal issues, is, and I may have briefly mentioned this before, when I go through periods of insomnia, so kind of two or three nights of just not sleeping, and even if I'm really, really hydrating, which is a reason people can be constipated dehydration, I don't poo at all when I'm going through insomnia. And I remember, I, I, I remember thinking, is this is this linked? Is this a thing? And it is actually that insomnia can inhibit bowel movements. Now, if you look at the figures that Alex mentioned for chronic constipation, and then look at the fact that ADHD for many people, in fact, probably the majority, is associated with poor sleep then it makes sense that you might see more chronic constipation because of our issues with sleep. And I thought that was interesting. Do you want my tip, Sam? I'd love it. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Alex may have mentioned this. Obviously, I wasn't listening. But the microbiome side of things. So uh, it, it, it's, it is fascinating, the gut microbiome. I remember doing something for the for the BBC on artificial sweeteners and how if you take the maximum recommended dose of saccharin and aspartame, um, it changes the gut microbiome. And within a week, the participants we had on this program went from being healthy to pre-diabetic, just a week of taking the maximum amount of um, artificial sweeteners. And we know that the, what that does is change the gut microbiome. So we know that there's lots of stuff that we take that makes it worse. What we, do, we don't really know unless you've got a gastrointestinal problem, like, for example, diarrhea, is how effective stuff that's meant to improve the microbiome is. So you'll see now, well, particularly now, I guess, loads of different probiotic products which will give you, you know, numbers in 10 to the 7, 10 to the 8, 10 to the 9 of the number of bacteria that are in there, and they'll give you, you know, several different families or or geni genuses alex i don't know of of bacteria now we know that these probiotics can help in some some specific issues which are there but if you're just looking to improve gut health there's very little evidence that a lot of these products actually even make it to the large intestine which is where most of these um micro where most of the microbiome is so don't spunk your money on something unless it's got literally evidence and not just as a supplement them saying this will improve your gut health because it probably won't if that makes sense i think obviously yeah, it doesn't really balance yeah um sam do you want to go next 
Yeah, I um, have struggled with IBS and, and shit all through. Well, not I don't now, actually. But I actually, before I went vegan, I really, really struggled with it. And I think it was mostly anxiety, although I still have anxiety. Now. Anyway, yeah, because when you're anxious, you do get all the IBS symptoms, don't you? But one thing that popped into my mind when you were talking about Candida was I went to see this nutritionalist because... Obviously, I was just bloated and in pain all the time. I didn't realise I had endometriosis either at the time. And he put me on this candida diet where I wasn't allowed to eat any sugar, any yeast, any mushrooms, any um, vinegar, anything that had been in a microwave. I had to take these special tablets that his friend made um, and he wanted me to get all of my... um, um, fillings removed from my mouth because they've got mercury in them he used to stick like a prong into my um toe every week and, and would tell me if i'd been eating the wrong stuff and i followed this diet for like six months and i'd pay 60 pounds every visit and would go twice a week to try and cure this ibs um, that's desperation isn't it because nothing works I so was, we believe yeah. bullshitters and, and I, grifters. I kept going to the hospital with pain i didn't realize i had endometriosis so that was causing a lot of the pain but also i was just anxious that, that causes ibs and and weirdly i don't know if like it used to take me a long time to digest meat or something but it got a lot better when i went vegan for some reason so i still get ibs if i'm really really anxious but day to day i'm fine but yeah the candida thing just reminded me of that nutritionalist haven't got any tips for this just don't be anxious <laughs> and and remember that menstrual cycle increase exacerbates ibs symptoms in women yeah, as well yeah and fucking endometriosis really does it track it can track your your cycle can't it IBS. well there's your tip don't get that mm. yeah yeah try not to what about you alex yeah no it's it, i I've, I've got a sensitive little tummy james um, I have loads of food allergies and intolerances, loads, oh, really? fruit, in, onions, milk, uh, really problematic, always have had. Um, so I have to be really careful. And the meds, Lizdex amphetamine has serotonin um, inhibitors in it. And remember, like, is it 80% of our serotonin is used for the mm. gut, not the brain? Or maybe it might be even more. Um, so it, it, I get really problematic stomach issues on the meds. So I, uh, they go away if I eat. So I have to just know to eat at the right times. I, that's why I look right. on my watch when I'm offered a popsicle or whatever they're called, Jack. Right. Still teasing me about it. Um, th- this week, my 16-year-old nephew was staying and I was telling... So this is about ADHD, paying attention and <clears throat> social rules. I was telling a really graphic story about when I had proper diarrhoea on the toilet while I was vomiting into the day, coming out yeah. of both ends, creating a kind of vacuum. And I looked dead. over and he was like glumly trying to eat a raspberry magnum while I was telling the story. <laughs> it was really, really unpleasant of me. I was so disappointed in myself. Yeah, I used to have a B-day. I haven't got one anymore. Oh, um, I'd love a B-day. Things, yeah, everything you said, Sam, is probably evidence-based as well, to be accurate. The meat can be a real problem. For me, the two simple oh. best things I did to help with my like stomach issues, it isn't IBS, I'm just a sensitive little boy, is... This this one has changed my life. Waiting to poo till I need really need to poo. That's the, one of the best bits of advice. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, just wait to poo. It, it, and and the other one I'm afraid is Captain Buzzkill drinking, mm. stopping drinking. 
changed everything really oh it, did that used to affect your gut then really badly yeah i don't oh. know it could be stress so it could be because a big problem of alcohol is the lack of sleep so everything uh, you yes, two have described said, yeah. the insomnia the menstrual issues endometriosis stress all of those remember they're all forms of stress and they're all and insomnia and yeah. actually look dead similar and they exacerbate each other it's a vicious circle and so anything that affects your sleep could be the reason could be correlative don't i'm not saying it definitely mm -hmm. is um and yeah really really problematic what 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 my tip is it's yeah, nice. What my little tip is, is is if you're struggling, try and be really, really evidence-based. Common sense is, is not your friend. Correlation is not your friend. The internet definitely isn't your friend. Try and be a critical thinker as much as you can, because I assumed it was a thing. Bread would be a really common example. We're omnivores that are designed to eat most things. And so it's really important you do check that it is what common sense of the internet tells you it is. So just the facts, ma'am. Columbo is amazing. Do you remember Columbo? <laughs> so just, but just really try and ask yourself, is that definitely true? It feels right. That is not a helpful feeling. I have it all the time as a scientist. It's really frustrating. I constantly think I should put my coat on so I don't get a cold, even though they're not linked, really, probably. And and yet, you know, we're, we're, we're victims of our own belief systems. You don't get cold, I guess, do you, James? Because you just turn into I a bat. Yeah, I don't have any temperature at all. So that, um, that's my tip. Be really, really evidence-based if you can. Yeah, you can do the whole elimination thing if you think it's a particular food, can't you? Yeah. Which basically hey, that it, doctor... Well, he wasn't a doctor, yeah. I don't know what he was, but he just got me to eliminate everything. But there, but there are there are issues even with that. So, for example, yeah, lots well. of people, lots of people would identify as being gluten intolerant, and yeah, there was a lovely cool. study done a few years ago where they actually looked at um, fructan, a different protein, and, and gluten, and told people who self-identified as gluten intolerant they were giving them bars with gluten in when they didn't. They had fructan in. And they had all the symptoms and reported it. So, so there are because it's so complex. If you do have issues yeah. with a food that has millions yeah. of different molecules, or maybe in it. it's not. Maybe you just think you have. Yeah, because well, that yeah, would the, be enough the, to upset your. Well, this was this was uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, exactly. what it was. Yeah. It's, anyway, exactly. Before, before we run out of time, we got a game, Alex. So I let's um, let's whip it out quickly. This is to do with my my, my beard trimmer. Um, which isn't Sam your beard? She is my beard, yes, obviously. Is that a sort know. of I've had an accidental 1980s joke? I do apologize. Ah, I don't but, know well, you don't, but you don't normally do jokes. It's so not, I think anything, anything that's in that, anything that's yeah. in that area is novel to you, isn't it? Ding. Um, yes, anyway, this is one of th three beard trimmers I've got because obviously, you know, I lose them and decide yeah. to get other ones, blah blah blah. But there's but, yeah. one, it's a really good one, and I like it. Um, but I've not been able to use it recently um, because of the charger cable. So there's three options as to why that is. Yeah. Um, first thing is that I lost the charger cable <clears throat> and bought three replacements, all of which were wrong. Oh, God, it's got to be that one. <laughs> the second is that I actually threw the shaver in the bin. That's next to my desk here, yeah. And really? I, I was about to read the wrong uh, bloody answer to a different question out there. And the third option is that I had the charger cable all along, but I was putting it in wrong. Ding. 
<laughs> I mean, that writes itself as a joke. But, I mean, I really wanted to be putting it in wrong because that is literally what Sam says about you on her other podcast. <laughs> it's a Dracula joke, but it's a good one. So it isn't that one. Um, I don't think you threw it in the bin because you don't even know where you've been. I've got to say it's the lost three. You bought three and lost them all. It's got to be that one, surely. No, it isn't. I, I did buy a replacement bag of uh, multiple cables, and none of them fitted. And it was that point that I actually found the charger cable and was like, oh, yeah, I've been trying that and realised I'd just been putting it in like a USB port the wrong way and it hadn't been going in um, for ages. Ridiculous. Tape, definitely. It is, yeah. Does that make I, us... I bought make, three. That, don't hang on a minute, just a second. Yeah, let me glory in the fact that I'm in the lead for the first time. I think in this series, well, you would be seven. if I had two options. You're not if I have three, are you, mathematically? <laughs> so that's not really relevant. I bought three cases for my my phone, and none of them were the right one. I ordered three. I remember one, you one, telling one, us yet? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, on that note, we will come back in a minute to answer some of your questions. So we'll see you. Then, I guess. I hit game. Welcome to episode 157 of the ADHD Adults. Jingle, 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 jingle. ADHD in the gut, part three. I wonder if the jingle's in yet. I strongly suspect not. As always, not because it's literally the second time we've done it. We're calling part three something something. Your questions answered something mm. something. Dark side. Snappy. Um, <laughs> as once before in part one, because it's really confusing. Sam's going to ask us the first question. Have you got one for us, Sam? Who's it from? What is it? It's from Jude, actually. And they said, Do you know if there's any link with ADHD and low B12? I know I haven't got low B12, although actually I did do tweak it. <laughs> Do you think that's why you haven't got low B12? Yeah, that's what I was thinking as I was saying it. I actually <laughs> take supplements, but I am vegan, so I don't. Do you remember, think. Sam, do you remember when James said he hadn't recently had as many ADHD problems as he had before? And it was when he was on his, started his meds <laughs> and he hadn't connected the two. And he's yeah. laughing at you. <laughs> and I, I feel I have to go against the grain here to point out that James is, in fact, a professor of metabolism and could probably answer this better than either of us. Go on, James. What's the um, so we talked a little bit about this in the nutrition episode. We did do a nutrition episode, didn't we? I'm we sure did, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah like literally. Yeah, and Monday, it was, it was a couple. Yeah. Of, it was yeah, a couple of episodes ago, and because there are lots of studies which will identify a deficiency in a population. A little bit like the microbiome stuff. Sometimes that turns into oh well, if we give that population this. Thing that some of them are lacking it will improve their symptoms with with b12 which is remember there aren't that many common vitamin and mineral deficiencies even with the shit diet that we've got they're not that common no. it's kind of inconclusive if there is a deficiency then supplementation probably helps and we do know that b vitamins are involved in neurotransmitter production but there isn't any strong link when it comes to adhd and vitamin b12 levels that i'm aware of anyway what about you al or sam no i mean if if you don't know it i 
definitely won't. It's it, it, I, I, What we know is what Jane said. There aren't any proven vi- vitamin deficiencies linked to ADHD, apart from maybe iron in a very small subset of some children. And so if you're taking vitamins without a doctor saying you've got a deficiency, you, you're, you're buying expensive urine. And the only link to health from everyone taking vitamin supplements is it could be worse for your health, not better. I wouldn't take anything without checking with your doctor because it can affect the meds, can't it? Coincidentally, we used, we used to know somebody that effectively bought expensive urine, didn't they, Sam? The, the guy that the, your friend, I'm not going to name him, met in a park um, somewhere. I mean, you can't oh. name him. He's dead now. He is, yeah, but still. yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not... What? I don't know which <laughs> oh, thing to yeah, ask yeah. about first. Well, should I? Don't oh. name him, but tell us the story. Well, my friend... Uh, yeah, he. Uh, my friend um, thought he was meeting <laughs> up with somebody on grind to have sex in these toilets in a park but actually the guy just said if i give you 50 quid um will you just piss in my mouth and dennis was like yeah all right then i mean i was hoping for more but yeah he he pissed in his mouth and got 50 quid i mean i'd do that for 50 quid i don't think i think i get stage fright no (laughs) I, I, my soul, but I, I haven't got 50 quid, so it'd be a bit tricky. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sh- sh- question. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Alex. Right. This is from Furtz Kampflugzeug, which is an amazing name. Um, I don't... I'm going to... We're going to... Ah, okay. Hi, James and Sam and uh, Groose, Alex. You guys were the first result when I searched for ADHD on Spotify, and I'm so glad I didn't scroll further. That's classic. Absolutely loving the podcast. Listening to it nonstop at work has helped endure the medicine shortage so far. Ding. Ding, discard, and klaxon (laughs) are all firmly cemented. Ding. In my vocabulary. Definitely not. I've just finished episode one to one. But the gleeful delivery of, that's right, James, gets me every time. <laughs> anyway, I'd like to know if having been, having or being ADHD increases the likelihood of experiencing musical frish, frisson. Goose pimples, James. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to stop. Exactly. I've got to stop to say that that's actually come from Furtzkamp Flugzeug and not Alex explaining Frisson to yeah. me, which yeah. is a fucking brilliant <laughs> gag. Thank it you it says, in brackets, goose pimples, James. Brilliant. <laughs> As I thought everyone experienced this, but apparently not. I suspect so, what with intense moves and whatnot, but youth feel more entertaining than just Googling it. <laughs> also, is perfect pitch more prevalent among individuals with ADHD? I'm fairly certain it isn't. I also thought all musicians had this ability. They don't, and have had it as long as I can remember. Anyway, because this text field is narrow, I have no idea if I've rambled or not. I love the nonsense, as you refer to it, and eagerly await many more. That is really, really lovely. Um, There's a lot to deal with there. Does anybody want to? So perfect pitch is much less common than people think. My wife is a a professional harpist, or was, and, and doesn't have perfect pitch. Most people she knows in the professional orchestra don't have perfect pitch. It's it's. It's something you have to develop very early and maintain. So it's 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 really really rare, um, and I don't think there's a link to ADHD with it as well. Do you want to take any of those, James? Musical frisson, James, if you want me to I remind do, you I what do that love, means. I do love his musical frisson. So, anecdote but not evidence. Um, it's again, it comes back to research because research has to be funded. 
trying to get funding to look at musical frisson in ADHD. No one's going to fund it unless you've just got, unless you've got unless you've got you know funds yourself, and then it will probably be self-reported. So you have to question the data. So there isn't really any solid evidence. There is one study which I think is interesting and potentially relevant, and that's why I've said not a lot of evidence and none. But one study showed that people who do get goosebumps from music or more likely are more likely to have an altered brain structure now it didn't specifically say adhd but it sounds like they're talking about a neurodivergence possibly with an altered brain structure so it is possible and remember we talked about this in the last episode about music giving us dopamine and that pleasure can possibly extend itself to the physical manifestation of goosebumps so in a roundabout way, no evidence, but it's possible also. Hang on. Does, do, does not everybody get goosebumps? For, with music. <laughs> yeah, she does. Get, she does sorry, get yeah. what? Yeah, she does. So not everybody gets them. Not so as again. often as... So, so in general, it, it, everybody does get goosebumps. Was it bumples? Bumples, yeah. But people get them at different levels. And it, there is a little bit of evidence that the hyperkinetic element of ADHD can increase the likelihood of goosebumps. The cause of it bumples. is depends on the on goosebumps, depends on the person. Um, yeah, so if, if someone whispers in my ear, it go they go mad on my arm. It's weird. Mm. And that's like, it's called, is it paresthesia or pa something like that? Well, yeah, um, yeah. So technically, it's piloerection ding is the process yeah. of getting a goose bumple. Because we used to be covered with hairs, it was a response to either allow those hairs to stand up on end to make us look bigger, if we were oh. trying to, in evolutionary terms, face a threat, or to help keep us warm by making the hair stand on end to trap oh. air underneath oh. the hair. Now we're not covered in hair; we still have the piloerection ding, so we still I get know, the goose bumps. <laughs> But from different things, I don't know if what you were talking about. And I always get, I always get this. It's not an acronym. It's abbreviation wrong. But ASMR, for example, oh yeah, that yeah. physical reaction to a sound or a sight or whatever is that. It could be that that's what Alex just mentioned. I'm not sure. Yes, that's exactly uh, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like paresthesia is body skin reactions in general, but ASMR is the nice one of like, oh, it's all lovely. <laughs> I think I do want to go with that, Sam. I think we I think we've kind of answered I, it. I can't answer something. that. Okay. Okay, fine. So last question from Victoria, piano pest and Discord. I think her words, not mine. Since I've been on my 70 milligram Liz decks, I feel that my ADHD symptoms are not improving and are sometimes even worse. Ooh. It then Ooh. occurred to me that due to the medication side effects, I'm eating a lot less. Hello, size eight. It's been a while. Is there any evidence that links cognition and food? Is it possible that because I'm sometimes forgetting to eat or just inhaling entire packs of dark chocolate hobnobs at the end of the night because I can, that this is having an effect on my executive function compared to when I was eating a lot more and probably healthier? Side slash second question, or B, is there any science-based evidence on eating foods deemed gut healthy? Or guy healthy, it says actually, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> which is timed perfectly for this episode, given the recent trend to call the gut a second brain. Thanks. Or P.S. James, of course, is Ace. I'm aware that you've been delivering it, delivering at the end of your year of first. An extra thanks to you and Sam too, as I know she's contributed greatly in a tough year for her too. Alex, um, your head is massive. Seriously, <laughs> thanks all three for everything you do. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, bl- uh, balloon I just like head. To be I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's actually an emoji of a balloon as well after your head is massive, which is yeah, amazing. Is, yeah. So, um, balloon head, do you want to have a, a bash at that? I think the first thing to say is go back to your doctor. Definitely. That's the, the, the best advice we can give you. That if, if you, the 70 mix is, is a high dose, if your ADHD symptoms are not improving, sometimes worse, and you're losing weight, you do need to go back to the doctor. Some people have appetite problems with Lizdex. If the symptoms aren't improving and you don't feel as healthy, it absolutely is a medical issue. No question about it, I think. Mm. And, and it's sometimes a bell-shaped curve with ADHD meds. So you don't, the more more isn't better so it might be that they they need to bring you back or change or something have that conversation because yes the unhealthy eating not enough nutrition can cause cognitive problems james is bell-shaped a ding definitely yeah yeah, yeah we missed that it can be a ding if you we think that. That it was one. push it in hard enough <laughs> yeah if you thumb it in yeah <laughs> absolutely i'd say it was a uh, it was a, it was a semi on. That's interesting, though, and I wonder if it, if it is because sometimes we're not good with metacognition. So I would quite often because I'm on seventy milligrams, and I say all the time it makes no difference, and James has to say to me it makes a massive difference. So it'd be interesting to know if other people think that the symptoms have are any better. It's, it's and Sam, she hasn't said which symptoms has she, and and the meds don't yeah. cure ADHD. I just realised yeah. that as you said it. So it might yeah. be that she's talking about the ADHD things that the meds simply don't help with. Yeah, yeah. Victoria, I'm sorry they keep calling you she. It's incredibly rude when your name is written on the script. But Victoria, it's possible, etc., etc., etc. In retrospect. Yeah, it's a bit of a fair point. Thanks, thanks, yeah. good guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what else was I going to say? I can't remember. No, James ruined it with his pedanticism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's usually you. It really but is. Yeah, it's my job. It is. Yeah. James, have you got any what actual else? evidence? Yeah, James. Yeah, so, you know the shit. So, food caloric intake can affect Ooh. cognition. Um, we we know that. So what's interesting is that, that there are lots of people that obviously calorie restrict for various reasons, whether going on a diet. Um, whether they're doing it because they believe it'll make them live longer, look at the Cronus calorie restriction for optimum nutrition. Um, and the research isn't great. Again, obviously, small studies, not very well designed. Because we talked about stress. I think was it in the last episode we talked about stress, yeah. neuroplasticity. There's a form of stress, a little stress. A little stress is called hormesis. It's hormetic. So little stresses improve physical function so exercise is classed as hormetic oh, stress yeah. Attention, so reduce, yeah reducing calories is classed as a hormetic stress these little stresses kind of sharpen up the body and improve function so having a lower calorie intake over the short term you don't see kind of a loss in cognitive function and some people even improve uh, sorry report improvements in cognitive function um, but all the long-term studies are rats and not humans, so it's really hard to tell. That's the title of your sex tape. It is, yeah. One of them, Al. One all of rats them. and not That's, humans. All rats and not humans. Um, from my kind of personal perspective, I've weirdly, I eat the same way now as I did before I was on meds. I never had breakfast, never had lunch, would always come back from work and have tea. Um, I know. I don't know. I just, I just wasn't hungry. Um 
and I I think it it probably well it is healthier to eat metabolically at least during the day producing your size breakfast like a king etc because um Does we that, know is that, that if you're hungry though uh, i think i read that once but i'm not confident about it so it's a genuine question no so it, it, it just 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 metabolically what oh, we know okay. is that because our brains are aligned well people without adhd's brains are aligned with the 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 light yeah. cycle and we have clock genes which tell us when it's light and when it's not and when it's not light we metabolize food differently so we're more likely to store those calories as fat it's one of the reasons that shift workers generally have higher levels of obesity than people that work during the day because they tend to eat at night so we we should really have a big breakfast a, a smaller lunch and a smaller tea that's the healthier eating pattern but often in adhd obviously our eating pattern is poor either because of the meds or because of executive function. We talked about that in nutrition. So it, it's getting back to Victoria's actual question. As Alex said, if you feel like you're genuinely symptoms are not improving, A, do a few ASRS tests, You know, measure it and ask a trusted person to measure it with you to just make sure it's not poor metacognition. But if you're losing weight to the point where it's concerning, then yeah, pop back to the doctor. Yeah, yeah. and if it's doing nothing for you, there's no point taking it. The, the the second or side question we kind of kind of answered earlier the science-based evidence on eating foods deemed gut healthy so there are there are Ooh, kind of yeah. foods there are foods and not supplements that contain the kind of stuff you want in your gut your gut microbiome most of them most of them taste like a cat's arsehole so things like kefir yogurt um some yogurts with live active cultures pickled vegetables kombucha stuff like that for example sauerkraut alex i'm sure you eat that all the time i really those, like it yeah i love those, all that stuff yeah yeah those, those things can help keep your gut healthy and are probably better than taking you know a, a supplement with a certain amount of bacteria in it yeah, like yakult and so on yeah yeah so so again there is evidence so i'm not going to mention yeah, the company yeah, there yeah. are really small studies where if you take three yogurt drinks a, a day when you have diarrhea you will have diarrhea for a shorter amount of time if you're an older adult in hospital and you have but three yogurt limited, drinks then. a day it's limited and also it's three drinks a day not not one so it's mm. yeah, and they can really make fun, can't they, as well which can be really uncomfortable i just think that's you alex to be fair no, it's definitely a side effect of those those ones. Other other occults are available. They are. Anyway, should we start off? Because I've had enough on board. Yeah, yeah. Fab. That that Bye. was episode 157 of the ADHD podcast, where we talk about ADHD in the gut. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a review, hopefully better than our most recent ones, which are shocking but not inaccurate. And you can find more content on the website at www.theadhdadults.uk. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye all. Trigger warning, Klaxon. Klaxon, 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 big Klaxon. Trigger warning, Klaxon. Klaxon, Klaxon, Klaxon.